Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Ohio Huntsman podcast. And if you missed last week's episode, this is sort of a continuation of last week's episode. So last week we talked to Mike Tonkovich, who is the deer program administrator for the Division of Wildlife. And we talked to him about his predictions for this upcoming season. We're already into the season, but we talked to him about this season, what he is expecting, what he's hoping to get out of this season as far as um, hunter success, participation, that kind of thing, harvest numbers, and really interesting conversation. He had a lot of interesting facts and, and details to share, so if you didn't listen to that one, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to listen to that. And then this was the second half of our conversation, and I, I decided to break it up into two episodes. So in this part of the conversation, we talk about crossbows. So Ohio was one of the first states to allow crossbows as a hunting implement and not only allow them, but also then give them equal status to other types of archery equipment. So we talk about that, why that was, if there's any thoughts or or desires on changing any of that. And we really enjoyed this conversation. It was, you know, Mike had tons of interesting facts on on the crossbow story, the history of, of how that sort of came to be. So really interesting conversation, and I think you guys are going to like it. So before we get into that conversation, I want to talk about our sponsor, Monster Whitetail Grub. So you heard me talking. I, I, I took my daughter out, and uh, we were using some Monster Whitetail Grub. And while we didn't get a deer in front of us, <laughs> that wasn't uh, Monster Whitetail Grub's fault. Um, you know, it was more of a take my daughter out there and we're going to sit and, and whisper to each other. She, she's three, you know, so she wasn't uh, super terribly quiet, but we had fun. And that was uh, the fact that we didn't see a deer was no fault of monster whitetail grubs because on our way out, I checked my camera and we had lots of pictures of deer coming in. So it's a great product. You've heard us talk about it for, for a while now. And uh, we've just had really good success with it. So they've got their their traditional um, high-protein feed. It's got mineral mixed in, and then you can get additives and different flavorings mixed in. So it really works well. They've also got straight mineral, and they've got a flavored corn option, and they've got a handful of different flavors. They've got white oak acorn, persimmon, um, I... I I can never remember the whole list because there's quite a few different flavor options and um, add-ins. Like you can get whole peanuts added to the, the mix. So if you're looking for feed, if that's something you want, if you want to try that, try that as a hunting tactic or just have it out to supplement your deer, keep them in the area, whatever whatever you're looking for. I would encourage you to try Monster Whitetail Grub. There'll be a link in the show notes on how to get a hold of them and try some of their product. And with that, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? 
So now the next thing that we wanted to talk about was crossbows. So again, we're, we're you know, we're into the archery opener or, or it opens tomorrow at, at the time of this recording. And uh, so this was actually Jeff's idea to reach out to you and, and have a discussion about crossbows. So the three of us, Jacob, Jeff and I, we, we all hunt with crossbows. We, you know, we started out only gun hunting and then, you know, crossbow was, was kind of an easy, uh, transition, right? It was, it was kind of familiar, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and so we've just stuck with crossbows, but, uh, since this was Jeff's idea, I'm going to kind of let him lead off here. So Jeff, if you would, let's talk about crossbows. Yeah. Yeah. So Ohio, as far as I can tell, was one of the first states to really widely adopt the use of crossbows for all hunters. You know, I know a lot of other states. I was just in Colorado. I was wearing my 10-point crossbow hat. And, you know, I had someone say, oh, you, you know, enjoy the challenge of, you know, hunting with a crossbow, you know. And they were basically thinking that I would hunt with this crossbow during gun season because that's basically the only time you can use a crossbow in Colorado. Okay. And it's like, no, you know, Ohio crossbows are just like regular bows, you know, there's no additional restrictions. Right. So I was kind of wondering if you could shed some light on why Ohio was so early to, a, to adopt the use of crossbows for all hunters. <laughs> you know that is a that's a really really good question, and I actually had to call my my the the, uh, the wonderful gentleman that hired me, who was the deer project leader at the time that crossbows were legalized in Ohio. Which um, for those um, who are looking for a little history lesson, I'm happy to oblige um, and talk a little bit about the history of crossbows in Ohio. Jeff, you're right on the money. Um, in 1976, when Ohio legalized crossbows, we were only the third state in the country. <clears throat> um, I believe Arkansas legalized crossbows. In fact, I'm almost sure it was 1963 when they legalized crossbows. The only other state where uh, it, crossbows had full inclusion like they do now in Ohio at that time would have been Wyoming. So, so 1976, um, Crossbows were legalized, and, and they were, I don't know if you were able to get back in, how far you were able to go back and look at the, uh, uh, the digest, but I, I will mention that um, a couple facts here. In 1976, we added two weeks to the end of what would have been about a three-week or three-month-long archery season. So crossbow hunters you know, had the last two weeks of, of the archery season, so not much of an opportunity, that's for sure. Uh, but nonetheless, they got in, right? And then 1977 through 1981, um, the Division of Wildlife um, gradually extended uh, the crossbow season, you know, adding a week or two um, every year until 1982, uh, crossbows were legal the entire archery season. So vertical bow hunters and crossbow hunters enjoyed the same, uh, roughly at that time would have been about a four month long season. So, so what happened in, in 1976, it, it, it's probably one of the more intriguing um, mysteries, if you will, for me, having worked now for almost 25 years um, with the Division of Wildlife and knowing how difficult some things are to change. When I think about the crossbow season 
the crossbow being legalized in 1976, it's mind boggling um, to pull something off like that. Now, I was a freshman in high school, so I have no idea um, how it was. <laughs> I have no idea how it was done. But think about this. Think about the odds. Think about what would have been pushing back on the agency at that time. <clears throat> um, in 1976, or I should say, let's go back to 75, okay, the year before crossbows were legalized. That year we had, <clears throat> we harvested 14,972 deer, okay, across the entire state. In fact, only 68 of our 88 counties were even open to deer hunting. And there were 119,000, which is actually more hunters than I would have imagined. There were 119,000, almost 120,000 deer hunters in the state. <clears throat> wow. So you've got... Think about this for a second. And, and I guess, you know, not being in my position, you really can't appreciate how difficult something like, like this had to have been. Because going through most of my career, and there's one other fact that I, I should mention in terms of the difficulty of getting a crossbow se season passed. Um, it wasn't until 2003, okay, up until 2003, the only states in the country were still Ohio, Arkansas, and Wyoming, where hunters had arch or bow, uh, crossbow hunters had full inclusion in the archery season. Not until 2003, and when, when Georgia legalized crossbows, they were they were the fourth state, right? So so that that's how much resistance existed um, against crossbows. Yet we were able to do it in 1976 with virtually no deer in the state. You know, we had we had obviously, if you look back at the history, we had closed. The season multiple times after deer hunting returned to the state in 1943 because we had over harvested um, deer numbers right and, and somehow mm -hmm. we managed to add a a an implement to the choices that hunters could use now granted it was only two weeks it was only two weeks at the end of the season and, and i think so I, I can't i don't know for sure how it was done I, I i went back and i dug through the archives there wasn't it was either it was either a long drawn out process or it was a snap decision and i can't find really any information on either one of those any evidence to support either one of those so i'm grateful and i think i think ohioans should be grateful that that happened i think that was um that was a, a difficult decision to say the least but it it really um it really changed we would not be where we are today um I, i'm i'm sure of that if if crossbows uh, we can talk a little bit more about that if crossbows were not legalized back then but so so how did it happen and and what i guess what made it possible and i think i think the key and this is probably why it took so long for so many other states to adopt a crossbow um and this is what where ohio was unique 1976 all that legalizing crossbows did was give you a choice. It didn't give you an additional deer in the bag. It didn't give you a longer season. It didn't give you, well, some may have thought that it gave you an advantage, but it, it, all it did was give you an implement choice. You couldn't kill an additional deer. We didn't increase the quota. All it did was say, so, so what you found yourself as a hunter in the state of Ohio in 1976, if you wanted to try one of these newfangled crossbows, you had to decide if I kill this deer with a crossbow, I'm pretty, I'm done. I mean, I, I'm, I can't kill any, another deer. I'm, I've got to make a decision. And it's right. all, it's always been that way. Now, most other states with 
weapon-specific or season-specific licenses, Ohio is very unique in that regard. There are very few states, if any, that, that have a, you buy a permit, you can hunt with whatever season is legal or whatever implement is, is legal at the time. Most states have season-specific licenses, season-specific permit, um, season-specific bag limits, um, weapon-specific, if you will. Okay, Wisconsin, you want to help with the crossbow, you're going to have to buy a crossbow license. You want to help with the vertical bow, you're going to buy a vertical bow license. So, and that entitles you to additional deer, right? That license comes with it uh, opportunities to harvest additional deer. Okay. Not in Ohio. It did not. You could. You had a choice. So we weren't killing any additional deer. We were simply shifting from, you know, we were killing them in a different manner. That's all that really that it did. Now, naturally, um, knowing how hunters are, you know, really oppose change, which I can appreciate, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there are people, <laughs> I got to say this, there are probably folks that don't want to see the 18 digit permit go away now. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's, I, that, that's my good friend, Mike Rex once told me, he said, Mike, people will complain if you lower the price of the permit. And he was absolutely right. When we, when we, we effectively, it, because it, because their argument was it's going to put more people in the woods. I've got to compete with more people. Right. So, yeah. You, uh, Change is really hard to come by. And and to pull something, I mean, it's just, I don't mean to get overexcited about that, but to pull that off in 1976, there were no other states that you could really point to. Arkansas was not a Midwestern state. You know, we, we oftentimes will look at, okay, what are our neighbors doing? All right, if that's not good enough, let's cast a wider net. What are the Midwest states doing? Um, you had no one else to look at, nothing else to go on. Um, right. it, no other data, you know, and, and somehow it managed to happen. Um, and it's been a it's been a great thing. I mean, it really has. You guys are you guys are prime examples. Um, and one of the things, you know, in terms of, hey, I was a gun hunter. I recognize that I, you know, what I could really hunt a lot longer. I could hunt in the rut. I could hunt in nicer weather. What am I waiting for? And and what what's wrong with that, right? Um, right. And then the one thing that that I think a lot of folks don't recognize, and I don't know whether you guys will ever see yourself moving in this direction. But I would argue that our, the crossbow has actually created compound bow archers um, because I think maybe if you have the time, um, there is that there is that interest to push that a little bit further. I figured out how to get close to deer. Now I want an additional challenge. You know, let's let's be honest. The compound takes a little more practice, mm -hmm. uh, and, and 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 I think so. I think there. You know, I don't know whether you guys have plans to do that, have given any thought to that, but I know that there are, there are folks that have gone from gun hunting to, to crossbow hunting to eventually picking up a vertical bow simply because they believe in their mind that that is, you know, it's a little more challenging. It takes a little more commitment. It takes a little more time. Um, and and it, it, again, I, I, I am I, I hunt with both of them. I have both. And, and I, I think, you know, there's a place for there's a place for both of them definitely in the woods. You know, I like to hunt with my compound when the weather's nice, when the cross, you know, I hunt, I hunt during the uh, colder weather with the crossbow because it a lot, you know, it, it doesn't require as you shake a lot more and it's a little more forgiving. Sure. So anyway, enough yeah. on that. The history of the crossbow there in Ohio. And, and, and I'll finish with some dates and then we can take. We can we can kind of dive in a little further if you'd like. But so 1982, that was a, that was a milestone year when crossbows had the entire season uh, with vertical bow hunters. 1989 would have been the first year that crossbow hunters exceeded uh, bow vertical bow hunters in terms of in terms of the harvest. And today 
we're right around 62, uh, you know, 61, 39, 62%, 38%. Um, I was really quite surprised. It, it had been a few years since I actually looked at that number because for the longest time, it was easy to remember. It was 55 crossbow, 45 uh, vertical bow. And now okay. it's, it, it's really moved up a good bit. Uh, 60, 62 is, you know, 62, 38, 61, 39%. So um, certainly taking uh, a good chunk of the accounting for a large chunk of the, of the archery harvest here, here in Ohio. That's my that's, history lesson. Um, that's, kind of uh, th that was perfect. That, that uh, I have yeah. a handful of follow-up questions. I'm glad you mentioned the crossbow converting to a vertical bow or a compound bow. Cause I know I have definitely considered that right, right now I've got a three-year-old little girl and so my my free time or my time to practice with a compound bow is is uh, sort of non-existent and so you know <laughs> at some point when when maybe my my schedule and my and my time kind of uh lightens up a little bit i i definitely want to look into um you know hunting with a compound bow so that's that's an interesting uh sort of factoid there or or tidbit so um i guess I got so many thoughts jumbling around in my head now. So, um, so I, I'm just like, I'm in shock, I guess that I didn't realize I knew Ohio was an early state. I didn't realize that we were so early and it was sort of unprecedented. And so I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of reeling at the fact that like they were able to get it done and, you know, then they're not not too many years thereafter crossbows and and vertical bows had the same you know were given the same rights if you will yeah it, i think you know the, the biggest obviously i no secret here the giant the biggest hurdle was that was bringing them into the season and, and of course two weeks was designed to you know that was the door opening right and that was the that was the biggest hurdle but i think i think folks quickly because it, it wasn't long. I mean, it, it, it only took, what, five or six years, and they had, they had equal rights as, 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 as vertical bow hunters. Um, and, and, you know, it, 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 so I think that, that was, you know, that took a lot of backbone to get that done. And I wish I would have been part of that, because, I mean, that, you know, you talk about legacies. Um, that really, um, leaving a legacy, that, that, I mean, that's not that it's a giant one, but, I mean, I think that was probably one of the more significant things that in terms of our deer program that um, that ever happened, because I, I think, you know, I said, I, I, I believe in my heart of hearts that we would never have really caught up um, with where other states are. You know, you, you wait 30 years to adopt a crossbow during that during that time period, guys. What happened was, you know, it, it just encouraged. Um, we had more hunters hunting in the, you know, in the woods uh, for a longer period of time. And, and you, I guess we really have to talk about an, another, I guess, um, coincidental event was, you know, this, this willingness of our hunters to shoot antlerless deer. Um, and, and that's, that's always been that, you know, that's, a, that's another great discussion someday um, is, is this, you know, this willingness of Ohio hunters to shoot antlerless deer. And, and again, that, there's a, there's a history, there's a great explanation for, at least in my opinion, why that is. But I, I think, you know, having that many hunters with that much opportunity, um, uh, you know, to, to harvest antlerless deer has been, 
you know, one of the reasons why we've been so successful in terms of our ability to, to manipulate Ohio's deer herd, and, and we're really quite unique. Uh, we're one of few states uh, left in the Midwest that feels that they can actually, you know, change the direction of their deer population in, in most areas, and that's because, you know, we've got, and, and we should talk, you know, the changes in society, demographic changes, aging hunters, um, more places. Think about, you know, uh, think about the opportunities that you guys um, uh, that the crossbow, because it's archery tackle, that it op- it opens up for you, and that's probably one of the key things is is the yeah. opportunity, the doors that archery hunting opens for you guys, especially living in Northeast Ohio. You know better than anybody. I mean, you could theoretically hunt before work. You could hunt on your lunch break. You certainly can hunt after work, and you don't mm-hmm. have to drive to Washington County to do that, right? Right. Um, and so the crossbow, think about it. If you only had vertical bows, where would we be? You know, all those opportunities. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, in fact, I suspect if you look at if you look at the vertical bow hunter number trends, I, I'm sure that those, you know, that, that, that vertical bow hunters would would have filled in, you know, the gap uh, if we were to pull crossbows out of the equation. So lots of opportunities, getting hunters in early, keeping them in late. Um, and, and again, just being able to take advantage of those opportunities that otherwise would not be available to many hunters. And, and, and of course, you know, we've probably talked at length or could talk at length about, you know, the loss of hunters. And I think that's one of the things that it's keeping guys and gals in the game longer, not only because of their age, but because of the opportunities, busy lifestyles. You mentioned it, Jason. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a perfect example. I mean, you can, you can get out there, you can make sure that, you know, your, your crossbow is ready to go two or three times through the season, do the same thing, but you don't have to go to a range. You don't have to practice every single night, you know, but you can still do everything that you need to do. You can hunt, you can enjoy the outdoors. You can take your daughter with you into the blind, you know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's just countless opportunities that, that I think really um, profound impact on our, and our deer program um, and our ability to manage our deer uh, herd simply because of that opportunity that was created you know, almost what, 40 years ago or more. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, the opportunity, like you said, right now it's opportunity is, is probably more important than ever with, with hunter numbers declining. You know, I read a lot, uh, you know, I've seen countless Facebook posts that like, Oh, got a shoulder injury. I'm going to hunt with a crossbow this year. And, 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 or, you know, I just, I'm getting too old. I can't, draw my bow or it allows youth to get in earlier to archery hunting, right? Because they don't, they don't need that, that minimum draw weight, right? They can either have somebody cock the bow for them or they've got bows that you can crank a handle to cock now, you know? I mean, so it's just uh, more opportunity, which is super important as, as hunter numbers continue to decline. I want to pause here real quick to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So, Mastins is a premium scent company and they make a lot of different and interesting scents. One of the scents that they that they make is called Smell Like a Deer and I've been seeing pictures from a lot of the Mastins pro staff that have been having really good success with the with the Smell Like a Deer scent this this early season and then as we start to transition into the pre-rut time frame and into the rut they've got scents that that sort of fit that time of season. And so whatever you're looking for, if you're if you're looking for scent as a hunting tool, as a hunting tactic, maybe to, to 
help stop deer in front of your camera or use it as a cover scent or an attractant, whatever you need, they've got it. And so I would encourage you to check them out, mastonsdeersense.com. There'll be a link in the show notes so you don't have to remember the URL. Just click the link and check them out and you can order right from their website. So with that, let's get back into the episode. Yeah, you know, and it's, um, you know, access, of course, is, is really limited. So so it, it does, you know, I, I can't, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but the archery opportunities, especially, you know, more and more cities, suburbs, towns are opening up, you know, dropping ordinances and, and allowing controlled hunting opportunities. You're not going to see straight-walled cartridge hunting opportunities, you know, in, in Baker Heights right? yep. or, or Medina. I mean, but you're, you're very well... Very well may see some controlled archery opportunities. So, and those, those are the difference, in my opinion, can be the difference between someone saying, you know what, I'm, I'm done with hunting. Um, and, and so having that opportunity close to home with a busy lifestyle, I think is a, is a great thing. And, and you, you mentioned age, Jason, and I, I, I you know, I, I've got to mention that there's actually, this is not anecdotal. I mean, there, there, there is data to support uh, it's amazing how similar our data is with Wisconsin. Crossbows were legal uh, there in 2014 for the entire archery season, so they now have four or five, four seasons under their belt. But when you look at the age distribution, it's amazing how similar our data is with Wisconsin in terms of distribution. Um, mine is harvest data. There's, there's because they have vertical bow and, and crossbow licenses, as I mentioned, they're exactly, I mean, they look like mirror images of each other. And I know you can't see them, but I can, I can describe to you um, some of the details and some of the high points of those graphs. And, and you, when you look at the, uh, imagine age across the x-axis and, and percent of the harvest or percent of the license sold on the y-axis, um, invariably, Wisconsin or Ohio, you see that vertical bow hunters peak at about age 25, 26, right? There's a dramatic um, uh, peak there in terms of in terms of participation by young males, 25 to 28 years old, right? Okay. But yeah. in Ohio, at, after that, it drops off dramatically. And you get to age 47, at every age class beyond age 47, um, crossbow hunters account for more of the harvest than vertical bow hunters. And, and it's even really dramatic as you get out past like 65, you know, the crossbow hunters are still going strong, so to speak, like the ever ready bunny. And then you, you drop, <laughs> drop back to the, to the, uh, the younger ages, rather dramatic, uh, same situation. You get below 15 years of age and for every age class there, crossbow hunters, uh, are accounting for more of the harvest than vertical bow hunters. And again, license sales in Wisconsin support the same thing. It's, it's, it's just amazing how similar they are. So, there's there's opportunity to get in early and most certainly uh f- you know for us guys that are getting us me i should say that are getting older you know that crossbow provides lots of opportunity to stay you know an additional five six maybe even ten more years doing um something that you really enjoy right so i know you mentioned them briefly there but you can you circle back and and give us the stat one more time on the percentage of uh crossbow harvest versus vertical bow harvest yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it, this past year, 2018 season, it was actually 61% of the total archery kill. Last year, you may recall, it was around 80,000 deer. 60% of that uh, was taken by um, crossbow hunters, 61%. And then the balance, 39%, was taken by vertical bow hunters. Okay. 
the exact, let's see here, I, thought, I think I may have the numbers. Yeah, it was uh, crossbow hunters accounted for 50,709 vertical bow hunters. Um, I, let me back that up. That was the average, 52,149. And then the, uh, uh, the vertical bow hunters were at just about 27,000. Okay. So, you know, we've talked a little bit, we've touched a little bit on, on, you know, how other states handle crossbows versus vertical bows. Has Ohio ever considered, or, or to your knowledge, are they considering, um, changing or, or I guess maybe going back to different, um, like having a different season for crossbows versus vertical bows? Because, you know, like we talked vertical bows or, or, you know, traditional bows, they are a little bit more of a handicap, certainly with a, you know, with a traditional bow. Um, you know, is there any talk of splitting those out with, you know, the, the, the challenge of a compound bow or, or traditional sort of vertical bow gear versus crossbow gear? No. Um, you know, they're really, I don't think, um, I don't think that the uh, there was there's from 76 after after 1982 for sure. I don't think that there was ever any discussion of ever. Now, of course, I didn't start to 95, so I'm, I'm guessing. But looking back through because crossbows, you guys can imagine um, early 2000s, every state that was considering a crossbow season. I mean, I was the spokesperson. (laughs) (laughs) Can you send us your data? Can you send? I haven't talked to a state probably in six or seven years. Um, So it's really gotten quiet. But so my point in mentioning that is I I really uh, did a lot of work going back through the files. My boss did a great job keeping track of everything. And there really, it doesn't appear as there was ever any consideration for modifying the crossbow season after 1982. Once, you know, once it was in place, um, again, change is difficult. Getting change, you know, positive or negative is difficult and changing it back is even more difficult. So I, I didn't, I can't think of any reason why we would want to, uh, break those out. I, you know, folks ask me, sounds like, uh, uh, Jeff, your experience there in Colorado, you know, folks ask about the, uh, um, challenges that we face managing the two user groups. And, and I'm like, what challenges, you know, there, I don't hear, I don't spend a lot of time online, I'll be honest with you, but, the, you know, the squawking um, that used to uh, go on to a limited extent between the two groups is virtually non-existent. Um, it's it's archery hunting, as most, you know, I think in most people. Now, traditional archers, I think, are are probably still going to object to that idea, but, but I think at the end of the day, uh, for the most part, folks see archery tackle as archery tackle, whether it's a crossbow or vertical bow. Yeah. So to sum yeah. up, no, we, we have no... There hasn't been any discussion at all, um, no talk whatsoever of doing anything to modify the archery season uh, in, in any manner whatsoever. Okay, great. Jeff, did you have something? It's it, it, I get the sense that you want to chime in with something. Well, yeah, I was just really excited to kind of learn the, the history of crossbows in Ohio because, yeah, every article I've ever read about a state trying to implement crossbows basically says, oh, Ohio's been doing it for years, and, you know, they still have 200-inch bucks and, you know, a good deer harvest. And and I never really knew the story behind it, but, I, you know, just every state always pointed to Ohio when they wanted to implement crossbows. Yeah. 
you know, guys, one of the things that, that we attempted to do, I know that um, um, that's always an interesting argument because I, I, I wish I had, you know, the difficulty is knowing where we would be without the crossbows. You know, all I can do is guess where we would be. You know, we'd be, instead of harvesting four 200-inch bucks every year, some would argue that we'd be harvesting eight, right? You know, and it's, it's so yeah. I don't know, I don't know where we would be, you know, and we, yes, we're still, we're still putting deer in the Boone and Crockett Club every single year. We're obviously uh, harvesting world-class deer year in and year out. So I, I don't know that, I don't know where we would be without that. So having that conversation is one that I, I tend to steer clear of because it, it's, it's, Knowing, uh, you know, what goes into harvesting and, and producing world-class deer is, is obviously very, very complicated. And, and a single weapon choice, I don't know that that's actually much of a factor. But sure. one of the things that comes up, you know, a lot and one of the things that I think people can relate to um, is success rates and wounding rates. And, and so we did a small survey um, after, uh, as part of our 2014-15 deer hunter survey, um, anybody that archery hunted indicated that they archery hunted. Um, we set out, asked them if they would be willing to take a sub-survey, if you will, um, dealing with archery uh, tackle and, and success rate and shots taken and so on and so forth. And I think we ended up with about, um, let's see, almost 1,400 surveys. Yeah, 1,400 surveys. So a pretty good sample of surveys. Uh, and this would, of course, been with crossbow and vertical bow hunters. But And I won't dwell on the details, but I, I'll share with you just a couple facts. And, and this information is all available um, on our website in one of our summaries. And if not, I can certainly get it to you. But, you yeah. know, at the end of the day, what we found with those 1,400 people that responded to our survey, um, for instance, compound bow, um, we looked at, they reported 955 harvest attempts, 655 of those uh, connected for a, um, a wounding rate, well, uh, for a hit rate, if you will, of, of 68, almost 69%. They recovered 539 deer. At the end of the day, um, that translated to an 18% wounding rate. Drop down to the crossbows, um, they hit 74% of the deer. So we're talking, you know, uh, almost an insignificant difference in terms of, in terms of hit Sure. Recovery was about the same. They ended up with a 19% um, uh, wounding rate. And traditional archery tackle, um, as you would expect, uh, had a much higher wounding rate of about 30%. Um, but really and truly, at the end of the day, virtually no difference between um, the two bow types in terms of in terms of hunter success. And I think this is this has been um, demonstrated elsewhere. Now, the, the one thing that you have to keep in mind when we talk about success rates, and we have to circle back to we're kind of limited here. These are, these are, it's fair to compare the two archery types, but to compare Ohio bow hunter success rates with other state success rates would not be a wise thing to do necessarily because remember this was, you, you shoot a deer with a, with a crossbow or a vertical bow, you have, you have limited your opportunities elsewhere. So, so there's a lot of, that goes into making that decision. Do I want to shoot this deer with a, with a bow or do I want to wait till muzzleloader season? Or do I want to shoot it with a straight wall cartridge? So you're competing sure. against yourself. So you have to you have to take that with the grant that the, the uh, within state comparisons are very valid comparing our success rates to other state success rates because we don't have separate licenses and permits, if you will, for for those two archery types. Um, our success rates are going to be, I'm sure, much, much lower. But um, yeah, there, there's been a ton of myths. You know, you go back Wisconsin, you know, they shared a. Um, um, they shared a presentation with uh, the Midwest Deer Turkey Group uh, in Indiana in August, and they went over a couple things. 
Um, you know, they were they had crossbow hunters that were complaining that um, or vertical bow hunters that were complaining that crossbow guys take more deer on public land. I mean, they were they, they were looking for every possible, you know, every possible chink in the armor, if you will, yeah. uh, to try to challenge them. And, and every single time the DNR came back with lots of data to say, sorry, but that's not the case at all. Um, they're really not that different. Their bow just cocks different than your your bow does. That's pretty yeah. much it. Or draws yeah. different, I should say. Yeah. Well, this has been, as always, our, our conversations with you are, are super enjoyable, super enlightening. So I've really enjoyed the conversation. Um, anything else that we that we didn't touch on, Mike, that uh, that you want to get in there? Uh, you know, uh, really, I have I had some things that I I had on my desk and I think that we covered um we covered nearly all of them um just looking very quickly to make sure I don't want to keep you guys um sure yeah yeah I, yeah participation I guess you know another time we could talk about um you know participation rates and how the crossbow you know in wisconsin i guess my point to bring that back up is that it, it's showing very similar things in wisconsin it, it's you know it's it's providing opportunities for um um lots more 100 days i mean that that's a and it what's interesting is ohio has been really really quite unique uh, guys this year um archers may uh, we are knocking they are knocking on the door of of uh, 50% they're just below 50% of the total harvest. That's unheard of practically anywhere else in the country. Um, in wow. terms of portion of the harvest taken by archers. Now, New Jersey, I think, uh, as you might uh, not be surprised by that, I think archers account for a large proportion, larger proportion of the uh, total harvest there than they do in Ohio. You know, there's not a lot of places to hunt with a gun in New Jersey, so that sure. sort of makes sense. But um, the, uh, the archers are, are likely to account for almost 50 they're, they're, they'll probably be at 50 percent of the total harvest this year which is amazing when you think back to 1979 um i don't believe yeah i don't believe we had even the statewide muzzleloader season yet or maybe as 19 oh, wait all these numbers are starting to run together um <laughs> the um oh, was it 71 or 79 i i'm i'm not sure gosh i should i should have that committed to memory but um, we had a six-day season. Our, you know, the gun hunters in that six-day season accounted for 91% of the total harvest, and and our bow hunters accounted for nine percent. Um, wow. So think about how that's changed uh, over the you know over the last several decades. But yeah. the point is, is that a lot of states are starting to see the same exact thing. And I think you guys know probably if I gave you three choices, you'd you'd figure out why. Um, but I'll tell you, it's age. Um, you know, we're we're getting old. Um, and, and folks that get old uh, can't use equipment, you know, may not be able to use the vertical bow equipment like they used to. Number two, um, you know, for especially the northern states, you know, weather is is a major factor, a major deciding factor for a lot of people in terms of participation. Sure. I don't really like sitting in the cold. And the other thing is, think about gun season. Even after we, we retire, um, everybody that I talk to is busier than they were when they worked, right? Um, <laughs> right. And who wants to be obligated to a seven day gun season and, and you've got, you've got to make your schedule work around those seven days. So the, the bow season just make, it just makes sense. And, and the crossbow 
you know, really just, I guess it's the icing on the cake, if you will. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. I, uh, uh, yeah. I, I think this has been great. I, you know, it, it reminded me, I listened to a podcast the other day with, um, a couple people from the QDMA and one of their, the programs they're doing is they're finding, you know, the, the youth programs are great, but, but a lot of times those sort of fall flat as far as a hunter adoption, because if a youth doesn't have an adult to take them, then, you know, they don't, they don't convert into a lifelong hunter, like, like people maybe thought they were going to. And, and so they've, you know, they've got one program where they're trying to, you know, they're, they're going to farmers markets and things and, and seeking out adults. And, and so they've got this program and they bring adult hunters or, or people that might be interested in getting their own sort of wild meat and things like that. And, uh, they're, they're getting them started on crossbows. And, and the reason they gave was, you know, we can basically get somebody proficient with a crossbow in, in a number of hours versus, you know, weeks or months with a, you know, with a compound bow. So it uh, just speaks to, I guess, what we've been talking about here for the past, I don't know, however many minutes, just about opportunity and, you know, helping to increase hunter numbers as they continue to go down. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to argue. Um, I mean, I think even more so than, and I think folks are rethinking the youth seasons and the, you know, just as you mentioned there, Jason, I think, um, that is, you know, from an invest, if you think about it in terms of an investment portfolio, kids need to be part of it, but they certainly cannot be the largest part of it. I think folks are coming to that realization. And I, and so I think anybody that would, you know, there were very few folks that would ever argue against a youth season. I think, I think there's even fewer folks that, that, um, would argue against a, a crossbow season simply because of the of what it does in terms of sustaining the sport um, and, and getting people in the woods. Um, now, it may not be the spot that you and I, you know, grew up hunting in. You know, you, you travel six hours, you get out in the middle of nowhere. Um, you don't hear dogs barking. You don't hear car door slamming. But um, that this is this is all, you know, this may be all they know. They may only know hunting in suburbia, you know, yep. hunting urban park and what's wrong with that right yeah yeah all right mike all right. this is this has been yeah. awesome so like like i said i, I appreciate yeah. you taking time to talk to us and there's a ton of good content in here for our listeners so thank you okay you're very welcome and i look forward to the next one yeah definitely yep. and that's going to do it for this week's episode so like i said super interesting conversation with mike we we always enjoy these conversations because we learn a lot every time we talk to Mike. So that gives you kind of an idea of the history of, of crossbows in this state and kind of how we got to where we are today. And one thing I'm going to ask of you guys is if you like these kind of episodes with, with Mike or, or from other people from the Division of Wildlife or the ODNR, give us some ideas. Let us know what other topics you want covered, what other questions you want answered, and we will do our best to figure out the right person to answer those questions and get those topics covered. So with that, hopefully you guys are having a good hunting season. Hopefully you've had some success. If not, hopefully you've got plans to uh, spend some time in the woods or in a blind or, or whatever it is you're chasing. Hopefully you're gonna, you've got some plans to do that. And as always, check out our website, ohiohuntsman.com. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram, 
There's links in our show notes to, to both of those pages. We're Ohio Huntsman on Facebook, Ohio Huntsman underscore podcast on Instagram. We're always posting interesting things, um, you know, updates to our, our Instagram and Facebook stories about what we're up to if we're out hunting or whatnot. So check us out there. And if you're interested in any Ohio Huntsman shirts or decals, you can find that on our website as well. So with that, I'm going to let you guys go, and thanks for listening. <laughs>